0: 1 praise God we love the word we are we are word and spirit people Galatians Ephesians chapter 1 praise the Lord there it is I got it right there I got it right there this is yours and I sow into you in the name of Jesus and I declare you to be a seed sower to be a giver, a man of integrity, a man of honor that will not only yield to the things of God, but will cause the Spirit of God within you to be influential, to cause God to be able to overpower and work over people, everyone in your path. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we got that out of the way. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read it together. Verse 3. Ready? Read, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, some of y'all didn't catch on. I don't know if you was in Galatians or if you was in something, but we're going to read it again, and we're going to we're going to acknowledge what we are. Ready? Read, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We've been looking at the, uh, the, uh, what we titled it is, What the Lord Gave Me Two Weeks, Three Weeks Ago Now. When's the last time that you did something for the first time? And if you hadn't been in these services, you've missed God. I don't know where you've been, but you missed God. You, you was at the wrong place, but now you're at the right place, and, and it just so happens, technologically, we've got it on tape. You ought to get in there. But more than that, you ought to just buckle your seatbelt and say, well, I'm going to get it from here on out. God's wanting you to do something because the first time, the principle of the first time is so important in your life that when you do something for the first time, there's an energy, there's a power, there's an ability, like Debbie was talking about, to tear off the roof it's never been done before to, to do whatever's necessary to get what you need, to, to, to be demonstrative, to be uncharacteristic, to be out of the mold, uh, out of the routine, and get where you know you need to go. Not wait for others, not wait for the perfect time, not wait for somebody else to do it, but just say, Bless God, I'm just going to be weird. I'm just going to just get out of my whatever, my comfort zone, and I'm going to get there. And then a whole bunch of people will follow. You'll make a way for other people. And so the, the principle for the first time sets the boundaries on your life. If you're living out of a first time that's a year old, well, you know, I spoke in tongues a year ago or 10 years ago. Well, that's, that's nice. God bless you. That's, that's cool. But, you know, it's not, if it's not working in you right now, you need to do it again for the first time and just pretend you never did. And it'll be as fresh and new to you if you hadn't been healed in 10 years. You've got a testimony, but it's 10 years old. Well, that's not going to work anymore. We're glad you've seen the power of God. We're glad that God's touched you, but you've got to have more than 10 years ago. Help me if you can. We need something fresh. I don't want to hear about the the old timers. I don't want to hear about what happened back 100 years ago anymore. I'm not interested. I want it to happen in me. (laughs) I want to be a first-person observer. I want to be a witness. Of those things. Amen. Well, if you're satisfied with all you've seen, and in this church and in other places, if you're satisfied with all you've seen and all you've heard and all you've had, then you're not going to be interested in pioneering. God's always had a pioneer. He's always had somebody that would step out first. Well, nobody wants to step out first. We got a we got a world full of second Yeah, even when you have a reunion and everybody says, Well, we need somebody to step up and go first. Everybody's ready to be number two. Steak and potatoes, put them on, you know, but I don't want to be number one because, you know, I just don't want to. Except my father. My father is famous for being number one at the dinner table. He is. He is. Everybody's number two when my dad's in the place. Hallelujah. So you, if, you're, if you're satisfied... If you don't have a thing down inside of you, you do, but if you haven't examined it lately and, and notice there's a hunger down in here, there's a thirst down in here, there's something that's not satisfied. It's, it's like it's okay. They say this is the way it is. This is this, the way they, they say this is the way the Bible says it, that God's satisfied. But if you just know down inside, that ain't all of it. Could I get a witness this morning? That ain't all of it. There's more, and I've got it in me. I want to do more. I don't even want to just hear about it or read about it. I want to be in on it. But I want to do it dignified. (laughs) Well, we throw that out. Hallelujah. I want to do it according to what everybody else is doing. I don't want to stick out. Well, yeah, pioneers always stick out. When you're on the cutting edge, you're always going to have somebody looking at you. But, you know, if what you're doing is representative of something else, they're not really looking at you. They're just saying, how is he doing it? I know I can at least do that and jump in behind you. Two or three po- people ran this morning. Well, we're not looking to run, but, you know, if you've got to go, you've got to go. Hallelujah. And, you know, we ought we to develop that where we just say, I'm on it. You know, there's a lot of people in, in, in the last three services we've had, and uh, that they went away. I just know this. They just went away saying, I didn't run, but I sure wanted to. And bless God, I'm going to get back, and if the Lord will open up a spot, if he'll just make a way, I'm, I'm in there. But then they come back, and it's going, oh, I was brave last week, but it's, it's hard. Well, you got to just get out there and do it. It'll never be easier. And we're not talking about running here. We're just talking about doing anything that you haven't done for the first time breaking out and piercing through and establishing a precedent that says, now we'll look at the land from that place instead of somewhere else. We'll have a better vantage of prosperity, a better vantage of miracles, a better vantage of soul winning from this place once we've stepped out. So you've got to throw caution to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't reason it out and say, this might not look good. This might not be scriptural. You know, how many people in the Bible ran? Could we look that up and have a little reference? And could we see if this is going to be okay? Um, you got to take new ground. Say, take new ground. Thank you, you got to take new ground because no matter how good the person next to you is doing, no matter how bold they are, no matter how great it's going for them, if it's just the person next to you, it'll never affect you. Matter of fact, it'll torment you because you'll go, he did it. Why can't I do it? And we can all blame personalities. Well, they're very vivacious and they're very gregarious and they're very outgoing. But I'm shy and I'm timid and I'm just, you know, we've got to get over that. I said we can't use that anymore. We've got to live out of faith instead of out of our personality, yes. out of our experience. We've got to live out of faith because faith gives us the victory. Yes. Amen. So you You got to stop. You've got to start risking what people will think. <laughs> well, here we are in the church. It's the closest thing to blood family. And in some cases, it's a better thing than blood family concerning family. So we have to, we have to just put it out there and look at it and say, if it can't happen here, it ain't never going to happen. Because we forgive. I mean, if you, if, you, if you whatever you do in this church, we'll look at you and say, my, 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 we ain't never seen that done before. But we'll just look at you and say, well, God bless him and God forgive him and then move on. But most of the time, we'll just get in behind you and say, thank you, sir, thank you, sister. I'm going to jump in there with you. I've always wanted to do that and have that. Now, we're not talking about anything in itself. These things are just portals. They're just doors. They're just windows that open to something else. It's not that running gives you prosperity. It's not that, that shouting gives you prosperity. It's not like doing anything it gives you itself, but it opens the opportunity. There's a potential for you from there. All of a sudden, you can do what you've never done because you just got through doing what you've never done. (laughs) And bless God, if you can do that, well, then it's not too hard after that because we have 100% survivor rate. Everybody comes back alive. Everybody comes back in one piece. Everybody comes back, no scorn, no humiliation, no, you know, we just all come back, and it's okay. Amen. But if you haven't seen the full promise of God in your life, If what you've seen has just whetted your whistle, so to speak, makes you hungry, gives you an appetite for more. If what you've known in God about your own life has not been fulfilled and you hadn't got, then you must react to every opportunity that the Lord gives you. You can't let one go by, and we all have. Do I have a witness this morning? We've all let things go by. That's why people come back and say, "Bless God, if they run this Sunday, I didn't last Sunday, and I didn't the last Sunday before." But there's something about that I just got to get in on that. And see, so Paul took off, and Melissa took off, and then Nigel took off. You know, we just got people that just gotta, they just gotta, got, they gotta praise, and they gotta get it out. Yeah. Well, that, that's in, see, they did it for them. They're not as a showcase. These people, I line them up here, and none of them want to be famous in this church for running. But they made a way for you. You didn't run? Well, it's just like you're closer than you've ever been right now. Because <laughs> you've seen it done by real people, and like I said, everybody made it. Everybody survived. So God wants to enlarge your capacity. He wants to get you able to hold more. Say, hold more. Hold more. See, people are little. They're, they're little spiritually. They've been, they've been afraid. They've been afraid. They've been afraid. What will people think? As if it makes any difference. Now we got to get over and be spiritual and say, what does God think? What does my Father think? Because he's the supply. He's the conqueror. He's the deliverer. He's the more than enough. He's the peace that passes understanding. If I please him, then even my enemies will be at peace with me, the Bible says. we got to get over there. That's a, that's, a, that's a true spiritual church. When we think, we think, what does he think? And everyone else, we don't care. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Praise his name. 2 Timothy chapter 4. The Lord gave me a scripture, and I just, I so enjoy it when he gives you the whole thing right there. Just drops it down in you. You're, you're taking a shower. You're, you know, you're walking through the house or whatever you're doing, and he gives you the answer to your life. I'm not talking about the message this morning. I'm talking about he gives you the answer to your life. And right there, you need to know, I've been endowed. I, something's been imparted to me, I have to act on what he just gave me. Because that is the answer. In church, you'll get an answer. Everyone in here this morning, you will get something for your life that will go into your future. Now, you can ignore it, or you cannot acknowledge it, or you can acknowledge it and then ignore it. But it is the key for your future. And he, being good and being gracious, will come back and give it to you another way. But it will always be harder once you've turned it down the easy way, the anointed way, to, to take it another way. Many times we have to go through part of the trial that was ahead of us that the Word delivered us from before we say, oh, that's what that meant. Well, I'll jump on that, and we get a partial deliverance. I mean, a full deliverance, but it's partially a blessing, and it's like we've already suffered through it. How many times has God told us who to marry and who not to marry, but we just had to have her? We just like, and what will my mama think? She loves this boy. I gotta, I just got to because mama just loves him, and so it's just like... Flip the coin and hope it works, and it didn't. And jobs and cities, you can't move to a city for a job. You can't pick up your, your family and move somewhere because of a job if there's not a church there, things like that. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Just keep on going. I believe I will. Second Corinthians chapter 4, look in verse 1. Paul tells his son in the faith, Timothy, he says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's pretty strong right there. <laughs> Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? He says, I charge thee therefore. Well, you know, in Bible, uh, when you look at the word and study the Bible, you always, when you see the word therefore, you're supposed to go and find out what the therefore is there for. That's a joke, y'all. Light humor. Hallelujah. Verse. So we're going to go up to verse 17 and say, what is he saying? I charge thee therefore. What is he talking about? In verse 17, he said that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Then he says, I charge thee therefore. He said that the man of God, that the woman of God may be perfect. Now, I looked up these words, and that word perfect is the word in the Greek of number 739 in Strong's, and the word perfect means to be complete. It means to be fitted. But here's what it also means if you look it up in your... Uh, in your uh, uh, in your Bible dictionary, it means to be specially special aptitude for given uses, a special aptitude for given uses. So that tells me that for me to be to me for me to uh, to be thoroughly furnished to be to be all that I'm supposed to be, God's charging me. He's he's demanding that I access this special aptitude that's inside of me, this something that's unique and particular and peculiar just to me. I got two earlobes just like you, you know, my nose works like yours, and all those things that were the same, but there's certain things that are down that have been in embedded in me, and in, in, in grafted into you that make you unique, and no one else is like you. It's not just your fingerprints and all that. It, it, there's something inside of you that makes you fit like nobody else can. And he said there, he said, uh, that the man of God may be perfect, perfect, perfect. So, so it means complete, fitted, special aptitude for given uses. And then he says, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, that's pretty cool. If God would thoroughly fit you for every good work, for all good works. In other words, everything you come up on every day, there's already something that's going to work out. You're never going to have a day that you go, this was a bad day. I had no answer for this day. It blindsided me. It knocked me down. This was a bad day. No, there was something there that you could access, that you could pull on, that you could draw in and say, this, fixed that. Never seen that before, but what was in me fixed what came against me. we got to know that. we got to have that. you you got to have a thing that you get up every day and you can say, today I have the victory. Every day is a good day if you win. <laughs> you can't have a bad day if it's a winning day. you got the victory. You come out. But so many people, they're under, you know, they've got depression, or they've got a pain in their body, or they've got a relationship that's awry, or they've got a situation that's contingent, that's out there, that they don't know which way it's going to go. We've got to get off of that. We've got to just say, today's a good day. I have the victory today. Um, today is a good day. And then, uh, so we go back to verse 1. He said there, he said, so that you'll be perfect, so you'll be Thoroughly furnished, you'll be, you'll be fitted and complete. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom. Here it is, verse 2. He's going to tell us what to do to make this thing work. He said, preach the word, Timothy. And then he says something else. He says, be instant in season, out of season. Let's say that together, be instant in season, out of season. Well, that's what we've been ministering. That The Lord gave me this scripture. He ga- I didn't know where it was. He just said, be instant, in season, and out. And I said, okay, we'll look that up. We'll see where that fits. We'll see where, if that goes somewhere. And so I looked up this be instant, and it is so cool. It is just exactly what we've done this morning already. It's already where God's leading us, to be instant, Instant talks about it's a uh, it's a Greek word that talks about it, it. It does mean immediately, but it means to be prepared, and it means. Well, let me read it. Get it just exactly like it came out. It means um, to stand by, to be ready, to be present and in place, to come in suddenly. I'm going to read it again because you're taking notes. It means to be in, to be instant means to to be to stand by. I'm on standby. I am ready. I am present and in place. It means to come in suddenly. So I'm instant. I, I'm instant. I'm on standby. Are you on standby this morning? Are you ready? So many times, people of God are not ready. God's got a blessing for them. Whew, it goes right by them. Did you see that? I didn't see nothing. Why, wow, that's a blessing of the Lord. I didn't see nothing. Why wow, that was a word from heaven just for you. I didn't hear nothing. Did you feel that? I didn't feel nothing. Why I was in church, was I supposed to feel something? Why I was praying, was I supposed to hear something? And they're not ready. And God. They, and what they're waiting for is an angel that says, Thus say the, the, the word of the Lord I have come to impart unto you. Yeah, cool, God. Could we replay that in slow-mo so that I can catch that? No, that's not how he's coming. He has spoken in audible voices before, but you don't even know anybody probably that's had that experience, much less had it yourself. It's not his way. <laughs> he wants to minister to you every promise in this word, 8,000 of them, but he wants you to be ready. He wants you to be instant. Say, I'm instant. It means to to stand by, to be ready, to be present and in place, to come in suddenly. And then he says, be instant in season. Now, that's where I, I, was, I was telling that a while ago, but in season is a word that means an expected time of harvest. It is the season of convenient harvest and opportunity. And here's here's uh, what the Lord showed me about that. He took me over because he said in season, and out of season. And he took me over to Mark chapter 11 where Jesus saw the fig tree. And it says he was hungry and he saw the fig trees and he went to it to see if it would have figs. And in Mark 11:13, 13, it says, but the time, which is this same word of season, the time of figs was not yet. So there's season where the harvest, it's harvest time. Where I come from, harvest time was in the fall. If you're a wheat farmer, you had spring wheat, so you harvested wheat in June because the wheat had been on the ground all winter and it came up and it, it, it started popping up and, and, uh, and heading out in, in March and in April. It began to, to dry out, and in June you bring your combines in, and in cotton and peanuts and maize and corn, all that stuff was in the fall. So you, you knew that it was time to get your combine ready in, late fa- in, in early fall because it was the season, the convenient time. But then there was a time there's also a time where he talks about the instant in season out of season where it's you need a harvest, but there's no crop in the field per se it's not a convenient harvest it's not one that's obvious it's not one where you're expecting the opportunity to come you're out of place for the obvious you're you're over here and it's like i'm not connected financially, nobody I know has the money I need. nobody I know can get me what I need I 'm out of the season or I'm out of the the, the i'm out of season there's no logical way i can say but this is the time of figs and therefore if i find a fig tree it'll have figs on it and we have to live in both seasons and so a lot of christians go from they go from up to down they go from full to to lack because their season hadn't come well they laid off at the plant looks like it'll be and after that's coming a bunch of unbelief it's like well you know because it's the season to prosper is not ahead well, Paul told Timothy. He said, "Be instant. Be ready. Be prepared. Be ready for a suddenly in season when the harvest is abounding and everybody's getting a harvest." But he said, "You be prepared when it doesn't seem like there's a crumb on the floor." He said, "I'll take care of you. I'll have a flow for you. There'll be a harvest that's hidden. Uh, but you got to be instant. You got to be prepared. You got to be. You got to be on guard." You can't just be saying, "Woo, it's harvest season! Grease up the combine, get the strippers out. We gotta, we gotta get our peanut diggers out and get our thrashers going, because it's the season." Oh, we're never gonna put them in the barn. After the season's obviously over, we're gonna just keep them there, ready. I'm listening, Lord. Where's the harvest? (laughs) Where, where's the flow? Not just going to live from the abundance of a day gone by, a time of miracles and signs and wonders that we heard about it and try to draw off the old-timers and draw off of a day when, oh, I remember the time when God just healed everybody, and I just remember when money was flowing. We had this good job down at the company, and it was just we lived high, but now, you know, since so-and-so happened and this and thus happened, we're just living in a different ro- mode. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> Be instant. instant. Be instant. Be ready, be prepared, be fitted and completed for anything that could come. Because we're in that time. (laughs) We've always been in that time, but now he's bringing, uh, he, he's looking at it. So I, I paraphrase these three verses, verse 17 and of chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2 of chapter uh, 4. Listen to the paraphrase that I, I believe the Lord gave it to me. You can just take it, whatever you want to do. It says, to be complete fitted, and specially equipped for whatever will come, I charge thee, son Timothy, be instant in season, out of season, be ready and on standby to act instantly and suddenly to the opportunities that are both expected and those that will come outside of due time. That's a paraphrase, but that's what he's saying. Don't look just with your eyes to what you've always seen. Don't just listen with your ears to what you always heard. But be looking for something new and be listening for something new. This is the time for the out-of-season harvest to come into your life. They're called miracles. They're called demonstrations. They're called signs and wonders when they come out of season. When they develop a new vaccine and everybody that takes it doesn't get the disease or they develop a cure and everyone that's got the trouble gets it and they all clear up, they say, this is in season. But when there is no cure and there is no uh, remedy and you get it, you're out of season. But you got it. You got to believe God. You got to be on go. You got to be on the edge of your seat, so to speak. You got to come to every service. You got to come to every, every reading of the word that you go at home. Every prayer time is eventful. Ooh, I'm in a miracle time. God is fixing to speak to me because I'm going to go into my little closet. I'm going to go to work, I'm, and I'm fixing to pray. And when I pray, <laughs> ooh, I'm ready to hear. I'm ready to see and know. It's happening to me. Well, you've got to be at the right place. You've got to be inspired. You've got to have something stirring you up because the normal mode after the season, this is what we did when we farmed. I farmed for a number of years, and when the season was over, we crashed (laughs) we just like ah because you had to get the harvest out you had to get it out it was all important because the weather would come in and it would it would scatter the harvest if it was left on the vine so to speak and and you'd lose the harvest all that you had invested so you just did everything night and day day and night weekdays weekends every time you could you had everybody out there just to get the harvest in and when it was over But the Bible said there's so much harvest coming to us that we'll never be able to fully contain it without supernatural help and that it's going to be ongoing. It's not going to wane, ebb and flow. It's going to to be perpetual. And so he's been equipping us. He's been strengthening us. He's been giving us words from heaven. He's been giving us demonstrations that cause us to be empowered for a full-time year-round harvest. We even started planting crops at the end of my tenure as a farmer. And we would plant crops that would cause us to not just be overloaded in any, any one particular season. We would plant wheat. And so we were harvesting in June, and that means we had a cash flow. <laughs> you had money coming in in June. Hallelujah, that's good. And then we'd plant sunflowers sometimes. Sunflowers were, we called them 90-day wonders. They would make in 90 days, like green be- uh, certain beans would and everything. And so you'd have a harvest in August cool. Then all your land wasn't tied up, you know, like you got the whole 10,000 acres out there. It's all going to come off at the same time. You've already knocked out 2,000 acres of wheat. You've already pulled in a thousand acres of sunflowers. And so now you just got 7,000 and you can be an accomplished and a, a, an efficient harvester. Well, the Lord wants to get us where we're just off of these seasons of harvest until we're full-time harvesters and we're fully funded all the time. Fully funded all the time. Be instant in season. Be ready. Be prepared for a suddenly and immediately, a right now. Just like this man here. He didn't know he was getting that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he knew. But all of a sudden, a suddenly came on his life. And he's got something to deal with, something to minister, something to, 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 to act with. He's got something in his life because I gave it to him. Under the Lord's unction. So all of a sudden, there's been a transfer. There's suddenly, I mean, it wasn't a great deal of money, but I'm telling you, there's something there that will change his day because of that. Well, God wants to change your day because of that, of something that he wants to do. But you've got to be ready. How many things have slipped by? How many times have we looked back and said, now I see it, that's what God did for me, But I didn't have a clue, and it just slipped by, it went by, and we missed it. The Lord makes it up, and it's always, he makes a way for it to come back, but, you know, you missed it that time. Mark chapter 5, turn to Mark chapter 5. We're almost through. Hallelujah. Almost being an evangelistic term, hallelujah. But, Lord, I tried to get them to leave at 1 o'clock, and they wouldn't go. So I just keep preaching. <laughs> oh, just, you, you got way too much time to barbecue this afternoon anyway. I, I got to help you with this. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse, uh, uh Verse 25. You know this story well, but let's look at the instant. Look at her being prepared. Look at her stand by be ready be present and in place to come in suddenly that's what be instant means verse 25 a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years say 12 years, 12 years. say long time and had suffered many things, many things of many physicians. They just handed her off and said, You got Medicare, you got Blue Cross? Ah, let me refer you to doctor Hung Ki Ko. He he take care of you. Hallelujah. You know, and down the road she just went everywhere, and many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Well, it says there that she uh, literally suffered many things from many counselors of tradition, and she'd spent all she had on conventional wisdom, and it grew worse. That's the that's the summary of that little deal there. She suffered. She invested. She had no. She, she they were all traditions, all things that were uh, cutting edge for their time, and she grew worse. So she needed a miracle. Now, I submit to you this morning that many people in her day had a like condition or something along that line, male and female, that people were having conditions that were incurable, that they had suffered many years, they had spent all they had on many physicians and counselors, and, and, uh, and they grew nothing better, but rather grew worse, that she wasn't alone in that day. This isn't a particular woman, it's just representative of many women, even though she was a, uh, she was a real woman. I mean, this, this is about a person. And so um, she had to have an answer or die. Says she grew worse. She had a condition and she was going to die. You know, you ought not to get to the place where you're going to die before you get serious with God. You ought not to get on bankruptcy's door before you say, God, I'm checking in. See if you've got something to offer. We ought to be flush. We ought to be healthy. We ought to be full. We ought to be happy, happy, happy. I am so happy. I am so blessed. Lord, I'm calling on you as a desperate man. We ought to come to God and say, I am so full. I can hardly contain it. And if I don't have you today, I perish. If you don't speak to me about your mysteries, about your answers, about the deep things of Father God, None of it means anything. That's where we should be. That's where we could be. That's where Adam was in the garden. He walked. God created the earth as a... Did you know that earth is a... And The garden of Eden was an exact replica of heaven? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But God wanted a place where the physical man, he could walk and talk with him daily. And God likes it cool. He likes air conditioning. I'm like God, aren't you? Hallelujah. Forget that camping out in summer. We're going to the house and turn it on high. (laughs) Let it blow our little locks to the back. Hallelujah. Cool lemonade. Pass the ice, please. Amen. So this woman had a problem, and she was desperate, and she was going to die. And she'd already, because of her condition, invested all that she had. And because of the, 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 the law back then, the, uh, what do you call it, the, not mosaic, the law, the, the, yeah, the mosaic law, I guess that's what it would be, that she was considered unclean because of her condition. And God put all that stuff in there. It was right and good. They didn't understand what it meant because they didn't understand about germs and infection and, you know, all that contagion. But he, he made her unclean. I mean, he, he declared her by this to be unclean. So she was separated. And so we have a situation here that just at the time when she's going to go and see this Jesus, Jesus is tied up with this, this uh, what was his name? Uh, Jairus which was the high priest which was the enforcer of the law of unclean people being in public places so she was in a bad place in other words here it is she was not where the harvest would obviously be the harvest for her that day was slim and none cuz she the bible says she came around from the back well she had to cuz she came around from the front Jairus had the law to have had the power to put her to death and I'll tell you right something right then, as, as spiritual as Jairus was, "Come into my house and, and she shall be healed, my, da- my baby daughter will be healed, or my servant, whatever it was." No matter — you got to know, this man was committed to letting nothing interfere. He had got Jesus on the hook, and we were going to the house, and there was going to be a miracle. We're going to be a little nippy, a little cranky about interruptions that kind of draw us off. We're not stopping at the barbecue place on the way home. We're not stopping at the suit shop on the way home. We're not going to stop and see old friends. We're going to the house. And so this woman is in a place where her harvest is not likely. Bad timing, whatever it is, she shows up when he is on a mission. And it says in verse 27, you know, she needed a Holy Ghost interruption in her life. How many of y'all have been in a place where you needed a Holy Ghost interruption in your life? i got to have God. I mean, it's not like I'm going to die by the weekend of this disease, but i got to have God, not just physically and not just financially, but sometimes for our very soul, our mind. We get to the place where things are pretty well, but in our mind we think we are desperate and going under. And so soulishly, we got to have God. Nobody, everybody looks at it and says, well, honey, it's not that bad. You'll make it and, you know, just put it on this card and you'll make it. Just, But you know inside. I'm going under it's like it's like a drowning feeling it's like not being able to breathe you just know you got to have something and so here she was and it says in verse 27 and when she heard of Jesus she came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said if I may but touch his clothes I shall be made whole now right there we have an unconventional approach what did what book have you ever read what, what wisdom have you ever had that ever said that touching somebody's britches is real good for blood conditions? Oh, yeah, there is on page 32 of chapter 12. Touching the robe of a man walking to a, to a situation has is, is, is been shown to be real good for healing blood conditions. No, it's unconventional. She's out of her harvest field. There's, she went into the wheat field, and it's already been harvested. There's nothing there. But that's where she was. You have to be instant. You have to be prepared. You have to be ready for it immediately. And so it's dependent on her being ready. Are y'all getting this? It's not based on what we've seen or heard or known. It's not based on anything that's ever happened. Your experience is completely empty. What do you know about building a plutonium bomb? What do you know? I'm, I'm telling you, we're all kindergartners concerning that field. I, I look around and I say, yep, no nuclear scientists here. You couldn't, you couldn't help us at all. We, we, we couldn't do a thing. And she knew nothing about this. And you're always going to come into a situation where you don't know nothing about it. We got to be instant. I am prepared. I am ready. I uh, suddenly is coming. And I'm going to be looking. I'm helping y'all. Y'all don't even know it, but I'm helping y'all. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this. Don't look, but just let me read it. Proverbs 1821 says, Death and life. Are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your mouth will always override your situation. No harvest. There's nothing out there. Start talking to it. Start saying. Start declaring. Don't say what you see, but say what you need. And get over there in the instant The prepared. Make a habitation. Make a capacity. Make a room for your miracle with your words. Make a place. Don't say I can't have it because it's not here. Make a place to have it so that it can be there. We can't live by natural means. This woman was going to die, and so she made an appointment with her future. Did you hear that? She made an appointment. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She made an appointment with her future, and it happened just as she believed. It happened just as she said. She, it happened just as she expected. And, and, and she had faith in her own words. Listen, if you, can't, if you don't believe your own words, listen, you won't believe God's. That's real good preaching, Pastor. You got anything else in there? Sure do. If you can't walk in the church aisle, then you can't walk in the press with Jay Iris leading Jesus. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy in the sense of routine. Yeah, I've done this before. It always works out. Yeah, we know how this goes. We, we're well acquainted. You're going to go some places this, the rest of this year that you ain't never seen or heard before. God's going to lead you, and you've got to go in, not just saying, Whoo, I don't know about this. That's not prepared. You've got to walk in saying, this is my old stomping ground. Miracles, signs, wonders, full supply. I know the God of more than enough. I know the God of always being ready. I know the God of never letting me down. I know him, and this is where I am. You make a place. You make a place. You don't look, at, look for a place. You make a place because sometimes the harvest is already gone. The place of supply is dried up. The people that have it are already gone. They've already told you, no, we can't help you. So you make a place with your words. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She made a place against all odds, and she was ready to receive. If you can't tithe, that's a sign and a wonder. If you can't tithe, you will never know God's plan for stewardship to fund the nations through your life. Well, what does my little tithe matter? What is my little whatever? It opens that roof For the fullness of God to come in. Well, he can open it another way. Let him come through the front door. That's what they said back then. Let him come through the front door. Couldn't get through the front door. You're going to have to do something that's seemingly unrelated to your situation in order to make a hole into the spirit realm that you can get. It'll be a time of of what I usually do doesn't work. It's not available. God, what do you want me to do? He'll say, run the room. He'll say, run the room. Lord, we're... (laughs) Back on me, Lord, you're talking to someone else, and I'm just tuning in. You know, you ever picked up the phone and you hear them talking? No, Lord, we're talking to me. Run the room. Talking to me. Tithe. Lord, this is the thing I'm talking to you about is we don't have money here. We need money. Money needs to come in, not money to go out. Tithe. Lord, that just seems like that's not going to get it. It'll absolutely get it. You open a hole in the spirit realm when you tithe. It's real good preaching. Hallelujah. I have to tell you all that because I'm not sure you understand how important this is to your life. Hallelujah. But if you can do something for the first time, say first time. If you can do something for the first time, you have the potential of a seasoned and experienced person that's been there for a long time. You, when you bust through for the first time, all of a sudden, it puts you in the place of you can have anything that anybody has ever had in that situation. So if I was to run, oh, making the corner, making the corner, oh, hallelujah. If I was to run, I have opened up just because I'm willing. I'm just saying the harvest is anywhere that I am. The answer is wherever I am. There's nothing that I can do or not do if I'm prepared and ready an instant that God can't get it to me, can't make it happen, can't cause something I need to come into my life. But if I lock myself up in the room of we don't run, we don't raise our hands. If God wants me to have it, bless God, he knows where I am. He sure does. You old stuck-in-the-mud thing, you. He knows exactly what room you're in. Stuck in the mud, can't do it, wants a miracle, can't lift their hands, can't run, can't tithe, can't give. Oh, Lord, I need that money. We can't put that at the front of the church. Besides, I've noticed, Lord... No one sends me a letter thanking me for that. I put a 100 down there, and, Lord, they don't, they don't say, oh, you have touched heaven's throne. You know, if I could get a little gratitude, Lord, I would be willing to move a little bit more. <laughs> no, that's not it, is it? We purposely don't write letters. Because Jesus said, verily, you have your reward. So we don't want to touch your reward, siphon it off, as it were. Proverbs 28, 1. If you can do something for the first time, well, I couldn't even tell you what that would be. There's lots of things I haven't done that I need to do that you're an old hand at. Why, when you do what I do for the first time, it's just an old thing for you. It's like, ah, that's old hat. I've been tithing for 20 years. That's nothing new. For me to tithe is nothing new. Keep on tithing. But don't think that because you have tapped out some things, you've tapped out something Freshness is essential. So you've done 23 of the 24 things that are on the list. Do the 24th thing. Yeah, but I, you know, I think 23 is plenty. You know, there's lots of people in this room that hadn't done six, and I've done 23 of the 24 things that could be done. And I don't think, I, yeah, do it, do it, just do it. Be instant in season. Be instant out of season. Don't get crusty, rusty. Be instant in season. If you got to go, you got to go. I kind of like that. I've heard that somewhere before. I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> Proverbs 28.1 says this. Let's read it together. Are you all there? Everybody there? Proverbs 28.1. Did you think I was going to read it to you this morning? Because I'm almost through. If you can do something for the first time, Or if you can do something for the first time in a long time. Debbie told me that this week. She says, it's not just doing it for the first time. Sometimes people have done something for the first time, but they hadn't done it in a long time. So to do it then again would be as if it were for the first time. (laughs) Then God will pour heaven into your path. I want heaven in my path. I'll run to get heaven in my path. I'd run to get heaven in my path. Hallelujah. What would you be willing to do to get heaven in your path? Say anything. Some of you didn't mean it, but you said it anyway. You're obedient, but you got to get your heart right lined up. It says in chapter 28, verse 1, ready with me to read. We're going to read it together. Ready, read. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous. Well, who's righteous? Here it tells us that the sinner is always afraid. The sinner is always afraid. Because only the righteous, the wicked flee. The sinner flees when no one pursues. He's paranoid. He's afraid. He's he's always got to know everything's okay before he'll stop. He's afraid. The righteous man that doesn't know who he is in Christ Jesus is as the sinner. He's also afraid. Because it's not based on... Who you are, it's on, based on who you know that you are. Everyone in here that I know of is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if you don't know that, you'll be as the wicked and you'll flee when no one pursues. In other words, this is, we think this is a negative, but it's even a positive to say that when God's chasing you to bless you, you'll flee. Because it didn't come like you thought it should come. It didn't look like you what you were expecting. You weren't instant. You weren't prepared. You weren't open to the opportunity because it came in a way that you weren't expecting, and so you flee. Well, that's not me. We better keep looking. No, it could come. A complete stranger could give you ten thousand dollars. It's happened before. $25,000, $100,000, $25,000, 100000 it's happened before. It wouldn't even be the first time God did it if he gave you $100,000 that you'd been believing him for and you're looking at Uncle Jack and you're saying, come on, Uncle Jack, don't you get a vision of Jesus. Get, get so in love with God. Come on, Uncle Jack, look over into that realm and say, I can't go back. <laughs> no. God's not limited to the field that seems obvious. He's not limited. You've got to be instant. I believe I receive my need met, supplied, fully furnished in the Lord. Yeah. Though I'm this and though it's that, that's not me. I'm the righteousness of God. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but I'm bold as a lion. I'm bold as a lion. I'm bold as a lion. Now, we could go into the lion thing, but you know, he has no natural enemies. Bold as a lion. We ain't scared. Not afraid of the devil, not afraid of our employer, not afraid of people and what they'll think. We ain't afraid. We're bold. Well, where are the righteous? I submit to you this morning that your righteousness consciousness is equal to your boldness in God. That you say, I know I'm righteous. I say, we know your righteousness based on your boldness. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold. We are bold. When we are righteous and know it, we are bold. We're real bold. Nigel, we're real bold. We still got some things to work out, but we're real bold. We're, We're real bold. Hallelujah. Praise God. We just don't care. We just don't care. Well, if they'd have told me that's going to run, I'd have got a number and got in. But I don't know. You know, they scare me when they jump up like that. Paul about knocked me down. Not that he hit me, but the wind going by. You know, those semis that go by, you just, I was just praising God. And the rushing mighty wind came by. I just minded my own business. Lord, I love you. Woof. The righteous are bold. So we got to go back to our original theme. When's the last time? You did something for the first time. Have you knocked out all the first times? Is anything that God could put in front of you? Lord, we've already done that recently. If there's not, then you're not finished. Don't make me throw this water. (laughs) I've already thrown one, but I could throw two, and that would be for the first time. Amen. Amen. No. What do you want? It's in you being instant in season. It's in you going for the first time, clearing the path of the debris from of of former failures, experiences that were negative, from people of unbelief, people that don't that don't know God. They'll clutter your life. They'll get in and tell you things how it didn't work and how it's not working for them and how it's not victorious. Even in a church like this, you can sit next to someone that doesn't have the victory, and it can affect you. You got a clear path. I got a clear path. I just got one life to live. My one and only life is ticking off right now. And the Lord Jesus is coming back soon. And it's okay if you don't want to do nothing for God and you want to go out of here saying, I did nothing because I knew nothing. Didn't know I was the right. But if you want to do something, I'm telling you right now, just say that you heard it here first. The time is almost up. Like Jesus said to Judas, whatever you do, do it quickly. Well, we got to do it quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once you shout that you love God, then the mountain will have to listen to you. If you're just mouthing at the mountain all the time, the mountain don't have to listen to you until you shout to God, "God, I love you. I love you, God. I love you when you're in the store. I love you when I'm at home. God, I just praise you. I speak in t- when we go shopping, I just you know they put me in the little chair, the, the husband's chair. Over there, while, while she's fitting and looking and, you know, and all that, I just get over there and give me a little Holy Ghost time. And she tells me, zip it. <laughs> they can hear you. <laughs> but I just have to, you know, woo! in the grocery store, Shundai. Now, I'm not wanting to make a spectacle of myself, but it's in me. And I'm bold with what's in me. Well, how do we know it's in you if you're not bold? Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. (laughs) I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. You ought to do something that rocks them. You ought to do something this six months that makes somebody say, I can't believe you did that. You ought to do something that just rocks somebody that says, Dear God, if you can do it, I shall be committed. I shall sign up. I shall do what I've not done. You ought to influence somebody with your life. now. Now, in Jesus' name. Money cometh to me now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Put your hand out there. Money cometh to me now, in Jesus' name. When's the last time you did that for the first time? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, don't make us entertain you. Don't you make me come out there and entertain you. Because I'm not an entertainer. This is all business. But I'll tell you what. This is what I'll say last. We don't have church to get people saved. Now, let me qualify that. We don't have church. The church service is not to get people saved. But they will get saved. And we don't have church to entertain people although we will enjoy it. Amen. We are here on business. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, Kevin, come play for us. Hallelujah. we got to know what to do next. I like that money cometh business. Yeah. Who wants to come up here and lead us in that besides me and Paul? Myron dust. Have you ever done this before? No. Well, come up here and do this. Give us some Money Cometh music, Kevin. <laughs> it's your show. You do it. Get your arms money. money cometh to me now in Jesus' name. Jesus. Hallelujah! 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 Got something? Sure, you do. Sure, you do. Okay. Well, when will you know? Praise God. Well, let's just ask one more time. Does anybody have anything they want to do publicly for the first time? I might write you a letter thanking you for that. Well, thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands before Him because He's more than enough. And right now, I'm instant in season and out. Right now, I came off of standby. I came off of, uh, you know, if it came, I'd look up. Right now, I'm prepared. I'm ready for a suddenly. An instant is all over me. The harvest or the lack of harvest. Opportunities makes no difference to me. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to have it. I'm ready to go forward right now, right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that the word of God is true. Thank you, Lord, my prayers avail much. Thank you, Lord, I have what I need right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll say anything, I'll be anything in God that would cause this to be transmitted, transferred, exchanged into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Miss Debbie, praise God. Pray for uh, Miss Skelton. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God.